It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program. You know what I like about this program is the diversity. Now, within three programs... Dan Gendron, Lisa Baldelli-Hunt, and Christopher Boulay, there are three distinct personalities going in three distinct directions. And I have the pleasure of uh, being with them all. Today, it's Christopher Boulay who is in the studio with us. Good morning, sir. You can't play golf today, right? Uh, <laughs> good, good. I caught him off guard here. No, you did not. Good, good morning, Raj. Good morning, listeners. First, uh, I guess you're woke because you're mentioning the word diversity. Yes, and, that's right. And that's yeah, me. Yes. The more time I spend with you, the more my uh, life is an open book. Uh-huh. So uh, I am playing golf today. I'm going up to uh, northern Massachusetts, and I got a weather report from uh, the guy organizing the foursome that it's going to be really nice. It is. I'm looking out the window. The wind is blowing. Uh, lightning hit our tower a little bit earlier in the day. Um, and um, uh, But it's going to be okay for golf? Well, yes. Yeah. Good. Yes, right. what they say, if I uh, start the lightning, you hold up a one-iron, even God can't hit a one-iron. <laughs> All right. Well, well said. Hey, it's an open line conversation program today. What do you want to talk about? Anything you want to talk about? You can talk about uh, the mayoral visit yesterday, uh, Dan Gendron on Tuesday, city council meeting on Monday. Those are local issues. But there are state issues. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Seth Magazina. We'll talk about uh, Alaza. Uh, you know, in politics, we'll talk about the problems that Dan McKee is facing. I wouldn't want to be him right now. Uh, trying to explain himself out of all this stuff, and, and then we've got um, we've got President of the United States. Can you imagine the the President of the United States has all these advisors? He's named them like his Secretary of Defense. He's named them. He's recruited them, and then when they give him advice on adva- Afghanistan, he ignores them. Uh, well, I don't know what's going on. Why don't you bring up a topic, because I'm going to go the, to the uh, microwave and get my coffee out of there, all right? Okay. Uh, so okay. you, can you, you don't mind if I leave the studio for a second, huh? <laughs> I, Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Boulay. I, I do not mind if you leave the studio at all. Um, there's so many places we can go, but what I'd like to talk about is the governor's race. The, um, it's starting to take shape now. Seth Magaziner uh, put his hat in the ring for candidate for governor. And also we had uh, Mayor Alorza, extremely unpopular. Everyone was wondering, how is he going to position himself to run for governor? And obviously he's not. He's got a hell of a war chest, which is interesting enough that those liberals on the east side must be giving him a lot of money for, for running the uh, city into the ground. And uh, so you got Dan McKee out there, and I know you... Pretty much support Dan. He's you know pretty uninspiring. Yeah, but he's he's got a jam going on right now, coming in from all sides. Yes, and I think whoever takes the job next, whether it's Dan or whether it's Seth or whether it's Gorbier or whether it's somebody from the Republican side, they're always going to have a jam. Even though we're the smallest state in the union, being governor is is a problem, and you got to have responsibility for everything. So, yeah, so we'll we'll see where it all goes and. I have come out in support of Seth. Is Seth the ideal candidate? No. And sometimes it's a matter of, excuse my French, who sucks less? And I think Dan is very uninspiring. He gives terrible press conferences. He doesn't make you feel like he's a leader. And he's just going to be a placeholder for either this time if he wins again. He's not going to move the state forward. We heard him uh, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, he was asked about the estate tax and he went bananas and his first thought was, well, I don't want to get outflanked by by the left, so I'm going to say that's a rich person's tax even though it's one of the biggest things holding back the state. So you've got Seth, who I, I think will do a better job, will have better vision, will surround himself with better people. But is there going to be a Don Cacheri who comes out of the right and uh, tries to run the state more like a business person? And No, because 
The state is not ready for that. This state is not ready to be told personal responsibility should be paramount, that you shouldn't depend on the state, that we should have a leaner budget, that we should have less social services and have people responsible for themselves, making sure that the state is a good place to do business in, making sure there's an entrepreneurship spirit in the state, taking taxes, lowering them, getting rid of the estate tax, lowering the, lowering the sales. No, they're not, they're not ready for that. So I don't think we're going to have anybody good from the Republican side. And um, I love to make predictions, although I'm not a political expert. Seth Magazine will be our next governor. And um, um, unless somebody really comes from the Republican side, which I doubt, um, he will be our next governor. And we, um, <clears throat> Roger Bejan's name came up again. You know, the father of Autumn Fest did a phenomenal job with state treasurer, with lieutenant governor. He's in my business. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. You know, he could have been governor. Um, the best thing that magazine has got is there's no better place to raise money to run for governor than treasurer. So he'll have three times as much money as McKee, and that will matter in this race. And also uh, in Magazina's corner, or in any general treasurer's corner, I think, is the complexity of um, the general treasurer's office in terms of the general public uh, understanding whether they're doing a good job or a bad job, meaning it, um, you know, so much of it is behind the scenes. You don't know if they're screwing up or not. And then you have, uh, you know, that um, that that pool of money that they can advertise, and that's easy to understand. It's friendly. Everybody likes to get money back and so forth. So the general treasurer's office is a good place to come from in terms of uh, launching a campaign because it's tough to look into the, uh, into the, shall we say, the weeds, as you call them a little bit earlier, uh, and, um, and see if uh, there's any, um, any problems going on there. So he's coming from a good position, that's for sure. But it's only September. It's only September. And don't you feel fooled by uh, Gina Raimondo? We've talked about it. We've, we interviewed her together maybe a dozen times mm-hmm. and when she was running for treasurer, when she was treasurer, when she was running for governor, when she was governor. And I think she did a very, very good job as treasurer. I think Magazine has done a better job. But she handled some issues that were very, very complicated. She obviously sacrificed her moral compass and she... The, the judges don't pay into the pension plan. The state police don't. She never adjusted that. But she did a pretty good job. And I, and I think she was a disaster as, uh, as governor. Um, very similar people. Magazina came from Yale. Uh, comes from money. Uh, Gina Romano went to Yale. Rhodes Scholar. Both very, very smart people. We could fall into the same issue again. But <clears throat> as I've said, been, I'm an open book. I'd definitely rather take my chances on Magazina than McKee. This is the Upfront Program. Communicate with us. Talk with us. Here are the numbers. 769-0600-766-1380. Or send us an email up front at WNRI.com. I just refreshed the browser. And we're waiting for your comment. We're going to press a button, do a phone call, and uh, see what uh, this uh, person has to say. Hello. What's going on? Hi. First of all, I'm going to try to keep myself under control. I know you like that. I like that. Second of all, I am calling about something that fits in with things that are good for our state. Government overreach, which we need to stop, and privacy. Now, last time I talked about how I was going down for 495, I was kind of upset by some of the generalizations you made after I got off the line. Yes. And I want, and I want to straighten that out and explain why it concerns me so. Mm-hmm. And let me start by saying this. Eight states have made it illegal to have red light cameras. Eight states have been, made it illegal to have speeding cameras. And the reason why they did so is because in their belief and their studies and the numbers they could dig up, these devices make drivers second-guess themselves and cause more accidents than they prevent. Now, when I'm doing the speed, 80 80 miles an hour, actually between 75 and 80 depending on the traffic flow, I'm staying with the flow of traffic. I'm not rushing up to anybody. I'm making sure I'm nine to ten car lanes in front of the guy, uh, behind the guy that's in front of me. At least ten car lanes. I'm trying to stay in the middle of the traffic. I'm trying to stay away from motorcycle riders. I'm trying to stay away from the side of big scary trucks or anything that could damage me and my car. And you know what? 
If I'm doing 80 in the middle lane and some idiot comes up behind me who's doing 120 and going to hit me, I, if I have to do 85 to get past the guy in the other lane and get over so the guy goes past me without hitting me, I'm going to do it. And the last thing I need is a computer in the car that's situationally unaware calling the police, second-guessing my judgment on what is safe. You... Um you would not like me, now, like uh, I, uh, I buy Allstate insurance, uh, and I voluntarily let them track my speed. If, I'm, if I go over the speed limit, they send me an email telling me I went over the speed limit. If I, if I brake too hot, I'm doing this voluntarily, incidentally, and, and so forth. There's just a, a frame of mind where some people are more tuned into, I do not want government to uh, set my speed limits. I don't want security cameras. I don't want any of this stuff. And then there's people like me. I, I could give a crap about it. So it's just a... Um, a are you a big um, uh, private... Well, I well, guess in your business you would be in big into privacy, right? Because you're in financial in, in matters. Right. I mean, there's... But there's there's privacy in for my clients, which... which is has to be paramount but there's also in my life and when when the three of us talk i agree more with bob in terms of well i get out of here i know <laughs> I, I i i agree more and we can we can talk about the security cameras and what have you but yes what where where bob is going and, and you can correct me if i'm wrong but what roger right now is doing voluntarily in the future will be mandatory and you'll be punished so i think what happens all state or whoever and I had that opportunity through, you know, my my uh, car, is that you'll, you'll lower your premiums. But eventually what will happen is as you go faster, they'll increase your premiums and it'll be more and more like Big Brother. So I kind of fall on the side of Bob on this situation in this instance. Well, you you got to understand it's also a safety factor. Like I said, and, and I actually had this situation happen where technically if there was a cop there, he could have written a ticket. I'm sitting out of red. This actually happened in Connecticut where Route 44 crosses Route 21. Okay, I can actually tell you exactly where it happened. I'm on Route 44 against Route 21 facing Rhode Island. And some Mack truck is coming up behind me, and he is laying on his horn. And on the other side of the road, sitting there, parked at a red light, is a uh, vehicle full of people. And across... Route 21 is a parking lot. Well, I looked both ways. No one's coming. I gunned the engine, and I went and pulled into that parking lot. And I'll tell you what, that truck did not stop at the red light. He went right through it. His brake lights are flashing. He's hitting his brake light. He wasn't stopping. If I'd stayed there, I would have given that truck driver two choices. Kill me and my passenger or kill the people in that other car. By pulling through that red light... Everybody was saved. And the idea of the law is to protect property and people and lives. And if you do that, I don't see where there's a right for some, like I said, a computer that is situationally unaware to second guess what you are doing. Well, more, 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 more broadly is, is the Fourth Amendment, unlawful search and seizure, and the fact that if you're getting pulled over from a police officer, he or she has judgment to, you know, to talk about what you're, you know, what you just described. Hey, officer, this was what was going to happen. So when you, you certainly have it black and white with the cameras and what have you. So I, I think it's more you, you can't have make an issue. I've had people I know who get uh, tickets from New Jersey, and their car's never been in New Jersey to the plate. So we always appreciate your call, and if it makes you feel any better, I'm on your side on this one. And, well, I'm, I'm, glad to hear and I'm not happy with that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, here I am, you know, we're in the same studio and he's agreeing with you. It makes me... Uh, and I understand if you want to do that voluntarily, yeah. I don't mind, but don't yeah. force me to do it. And we need a law that stops them from forcing me to do that. And you better believe I'm going to rally for that law. Thank you. Thank Have you. a good Thanks day. Thanks a lot. You know, going back to, before we take the next call, going back to the security cameras, yeah. um, you, yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this, but people actually, quite a few people do listen to our show. Yes, yeah, so a few here and there. And uh, uh, a uh, high-ranking police officer heard the show, and he called me after the show and educated me about the cameras. And I really appreciated that, the security cameras. But I think we agreed to disagree because there's really three things. that They're not videos. They're actually taking pictures of, of your license plate. 
So there's really three major things that could happen. The first one is an Amber Alert. A, a, a child gets abducted. Uh, one more common would be for cars may be a silver alert where uh, an, an older person um, that you're worried about is driving and you don't know where they are and the license plate will be captured and you know where that person is. The, the third one is if your car is stolen. So those are the three major categories as far as that's concerned. And my concern I expressed to the officer is those issues, that technology is obsolete before it's even created. Because I have a 2020 and this is not something unique. Uh, if my, I know where my car is all the time. So if the car was elsewhere, I could push it a button. I would know where that car is. Conversely, you can push a button or call OnStar when the car, if the car was stolen and they can track it. So that's our 2020. As cars get more technologically advanced and people buy newer and newer cars, that's going to be more common. So these license plate checkers are, are going to be obsolete. The cities like Woonsocket are going to have made an investment and the, the light's going to go on and say, oh, we just made an investment of obsolete technology. What are we going to do? Okay, let's start tracking people now. Let's check people for registrations that are expired. Let's check people uh, um, for their um, inspection stickers are uh, expired. It's going to continue. But you, rest assured, the technology that these cameras are checking is going to be obsolete in a couple of years and they're going to make an investment for no reason. It's going to be a solution looking for a problem. All right. A few uh, emailers. Uh, for instance, uh, one of our uh, regulars, uh, Brian, uh, says uh, uh, the, the Screamer is doing 85 on I-495. Yes, I, he, he conceded that, but a lot of people... I mean, I, I I accept that now. If I'm going on to 495, especially 495, that's a good good highway. Um, 80 85 miles is common, right? It is common, and the, I I believe that mostly it's Massachusetts drivers, and there's no fault insurance there. Massachusetts <laughs> insurance is really regulated. So if you see somebody whipping down on um, Diamond Hill Road and they're doing 55 60 miles an hour, my anecdotal experience has been that it's 95% chance it's a Massachusetts driver, you know, going through uh, going through on Diamond Hill. Rarely will you see somebody going crazy speeding uh, or if they're a Rhode Island license plate. But yes, 495, I'm on that a lot, going to Norton. 80, 85 miles an hour is pretty much the going rate. You know, the toughest road for me uh, in this area is um, where uh, is it New England Country Club? Um, oh, Payne. Payne Street. Yep. Uh, no matter what I do, you know, it says 25 miles an hour going down that hill, and um, and I start I start at 25 miles an hour. By the time I'm uh, at the bottom of the hill, I'm doing 50, um, and um, I don't know. <laughs> There's where I break the speed limit. Bellingham Police, you want to nail me, and and I keep breaking. But um, that hill is so steep, it just moves your car right along. Conversely, if I pull into New England Country Club, I put my blinker on a, a, a long ways before because people are going down 50 yeah. and they're going to rear-end you. Uh, another emailer, um, uh, this guy called Larry last night, but uh, here he is pretty much um, saying the same thing. Uh, I'll say it to you. Seth Magaziner, he writes, is a proxy for Gina Raimondo. A, he testifies in favor of expanded abortion. B, he testifies in favor of additional gun control restrictions imposed on law-abiding citizens. Need I say more, says this emailer. And my, my response would be somebody's going to be governor, uh, and unless they, they do it by a committee. Somebody's going to be governor. And, um, I th again, I think Seth has done a really, really good job. And I'll admit, could he be another Gina Raimondo? Very possibly. But right now, from what I know, knowing both of them pretty well, I would take Magazina well over uh, Dan McKee. Two nice guys. Hello there. Welcome to the Upfront program. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, I'm going to say congratulations, Chris, on finding more about those cameras, because I know I spoke with you, I think it was last week, about those. And, and the problem with the seniors getting off driving where they shouldn't, well, we need to be more alert and make sure they're not driving at that point. So, But you might want to cover your ears, Roger, because I know you have a fondness for Governor McKee. Um, so uh, I, I have never had high 
regards for him. Even when he was, he kind of resembled Biden because he seemed to be in the basement during Gina's point in time. He's a liberal, there's uh, no doubt about it. I'll I'll agree with you. What's that? He's a liberal. Uh, There's no question about that. Yeah, but I think it's worse than that because he has totally bought into the Biden bullcrap bureaucracy and when i heard what you mentioned that did he participate in this big cheerleading thing to get covid shots you mean yesterday in johnston yeah 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 Yeah. he was there sure so that that totally made me feel disgusted about having him as a governor because hasn't he understood yet that Everybody knows about COVID, buddy, because it's been around now for, what, two years? And the shot regime patrol has been sending cards, has flashed everything on television. You play enough of it on the radio. I know you must have to. But we still have free choice. And, you know, it struck me this morning. It reminded me of one of my colleagues here in the city when I was a principal. She so wanted this. Uh, event to come to I guess it was some kind of a collection or whatever or a challenge and she said if you do such and such I'll kiss a pig okay I thought well you're never going to catch me I will support people in trying to accomplish something beneficial worthwhile uh, uh, improvement in their life but yet having to kiss a pig or do what he is and trying to force people, shame and intimidate folks into getting something they've already decided they don't want to reach his total goal so Joe will give him a, an attaboy, you know. Uh, that's just my remark. Yeah, and that, that, that applies to a, a lot of the Democratic governors. If, if you really sit back, and, and I know you do, and you, you analyze what's going on between the red states and the blue states, it, it's just a consistent lack of respect for the individual's rights right you know i i and again i i think it, a lot of people do it and i've done it and maybe it gives you some credibility i've taken the shot i've made a decision to take it yeah if i'll and take the booster but but if you if you've had if you're 21 years old and you've had covid or you're 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 you've had it and you're 35 and and your antibodies are stronger than the vaccine they're not using the science they are trying to bully people and it's, it's social engineering and I and thank you, you know, and that's the point. We still live in a free America somewhat. Some is just free handouts, but some of us is free decision-making. And, and until that totally disappears, I think he needs to, and, and the others who are trying to, and, and it's all about that power and control, like I've said since who knows when, uh, that it's, you know, trying to get people to submit to something they already have made decisions with thoughtful thought. Maybe some people are naive. I don't know, but I'm not. And the thing is that we've made our decisions, and, and this is just another one of those, uh, you know, tidbits that the Biden administration is trying to create chaos and separate people, and he will never bring people together if he continues this. And, and then, and then fi- finally, the people, you know, you have video, you have Twitter. It, it reminds people we've seen 50 years of Biden just change his positions on things. But less than a year ago, when they were running for office, um, Kamala Harris said, I'm not going to take the vaccine if, if yeah. Trump was behind it. And then all of a sudden, you've got to be careful what you say. If you're going to be wrong, be consistently wrong. I think Roger and I, we come here, we have differing viewpoints, but you want to be able to support your viewpoints and you want to be clear and you don't want to be all over the place. And if you are all over the place, you step up and say, no, I, I'm, you know, I've changed my view or I, or I misspoke. So for her right. to go on and say... Um, you know, if Trump, if Trump's responsible for it, I'm not taking the shot. And all of a sudden, you're 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 a, you're a jerk if you don't take it. It's wrong and it's shallow and it shows that it's political. Uh, yes, and my closing remark is: it's juvenile, and you couldn't write the word hypocrisy in bigger letters across the sky. You know, for the way that they've all been acting. So I thank, thank you for thank, listening. Thank, thanks for the call. Thank you. We appreciate right, it. Thanks. We're going to do one more call, and then we'll uh, do some uh, commercials, right? You understand the need for commercials, I, I right? do. I like commerce. Okay. <laughs> Hello there. Welcome to the Upfront Program. 
thank you so much for taking my call. Yes. Um, I want to give people heads up if they get a card from the Blue Cross. Make sure you read it. Don't throw it away before you read it. Because this is for people that have, uh, you know, the plan 65 plan, I think, only. I'm not sure. But when you read it, and this is not for low-income people. that It's for people with high medical uh, expenses, I think, only will get this card as they did before. And you're going to get a free weekly supplemental groceries delivered to your home starting the week of October 11th and running through December 31st. But you have to call them. And... So make sure you read that card, and you'll get that uh, thing. I know we have high medical. I think that's why we qualified. In fact, I wish Dick would talk about what he had done to his teeth, because this one t- front tooth, or it wasn't a front tooth, forget it. It's, it's very, very expensive to have an implant. It would, it would have been $2,790, but we have that supplemental dental plan that we've had for a while. It's $112 a, a month for two people, and because we have that, it's, a, it's only costing $795 for the bigger part of the treatments. It's not over yet, but anyways... I wish Dick would say if he had it done and what he <laughs> went into. And it takes forever. I mean, it's going to take about nine months in between this, waiting for that and that. that. Wow. But, but anyways, you know, I believe it's just for people that have high medical and make sure you read it. Okay? Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. Bye. Well, bye-bye. Break time here. I'm in the mood for eggplant parmesan, and when I uh, think of that, I think of uh, Savini's Pomodoro, Italian kitchen and bar. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro, Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Hi, this is Gina Savini, inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery has good news. We're fully open to our customers. And our fall menu is here, including rustic apple tots with cinnamon sugar apple filling. Gourmet caramel apples drizzled with chocolate. Apple dumplings topped with icing and sliced almonds. Apple ring cake and muffins, including cranberry apple, pumpkin, and apple. The ice cream shop, Wright Scoop, has some great fall flavors, too, including salted caramel, pumpkin and pumpkin Oreo, apple crisp sundae ice cream and brown butter pecan all located at 200 woonsocket hill road north smithfield and our hours right now are sunday through wednesday nine to six thursday through saturday eight to seven. Oh, and did i tell you the cows are milk daily from 3 to 4 30 p.m at wright's dairy farm and bakery Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. House not even built yet. <laughs> now, there's an unusual real estate listing, but I've got a I got an image of it. It's going to be a nice-looking piece of property on Erie Street in Woonsocket. Erie Street is off of uh, Vos Street, off of Providence Street, uh, right in that neighborhood. Uh, When built, it's going to uh, have uh, three beautiful bedrooms in it, two huge baths. And um, this house is going to go on the market at $399,999. And um, now is your chance to have a beautiful new home. And uh, when you talk to Scott McGee, you may be able to incorporate some things into the home that uh, maybe um, 
you know, would uh, be satisfactory to you if you decide to buy it. It's a single-family house. Don't know what the taxes are because it hasn't been built yet and assessed yet. But if uh, you're looking for a nice uh, piece of property that's new construction with, uh, you know, all the built-ins you want, like uh, dishwasher or the oven range or refrigerator, then you might want to talk to Scott McGee about this um, to-be-constructed property on Erie Street, as in Lake Erie, here in Woonsocket. 639-2906 is the number to talk to Scott McGee. A roof master with 35 years experience. Avoid disaster and hire the master. Roofmaster provides customers with high quality roofing services. Putting a roof over your head is the most important thing your home needs. Storm and wind damages are a real threat to your roof. Most importantly, your insurance company can help you. The Roofmaster will inspect your roof at no cost to you. Inspections are free and we are fully insured. Then that includes residential and commercial properties. Contact the Roofmaster team today and we will get you started. We are GAF certified. So call the Roofmaster at 401-400-7008. That's 401-400-7008. Remember, it's Roofmaster. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel is uh, Roger and Chris. We've had some callers. We have a caller waiting. So the other day, uh, City of Woonsocket, um, well, actually, um, the first notification we had, Chris, of uh, a changed bond rating came from the bond rating company itself. And uh, I read it, but of course, I'm not a financial guy, so um, I don't really know. It looked like it was really good. <laughs> anyway, or it looked better than it was, we'll put it that way. And then the mayor's office issues a, um, a news release uh, explaining how they interpreted the um, change in uh, bond rating for the better. Uh, is there anything else we should know about the, this story? Um, what, what did you think of it? Well, we, we love to beat up on the General Assembly and beat up on our government. But one of the nice things or good things that the General Assembly did a few years back is they put the bondholders at the top of the list in terms of the bankruptcy of municipalities. So what would happen is if a town went or city went bankrupt uh, and they defaulted on their uh, bonds, uh, and couldn't pay, the bondholders would, would be for us in, in line. So that really helps the credit rating of all the municipalities. Mm -hmm. But one, the problem I've had, and, and I've had this uh, disagreement with, with this administration back to nine, uh, 2013. I don't like the way we handled the pension fund and on and on and on. I want to go through that. But I know the mayor got a letter from... Um, um, from uh, Dennis uh, Hoyle, Denny Hoyle, who's a CPA, he's the auto, auto, Auditor General of Rhode Island. And uh, he cc the city council and pretty much everybody else, uh, the general treasurer. And would you CC me too uh, when you get a chance? I'd like I, to read I that. I will. Bas yes, I, w I will. Mm -hmm. What it says is that the city was supposed to put aside $6.7 million into the pension fund because, to keep it actuarially afloat. And the city only put it in $2.23 million. So there's a $2.5 million shortfall. And, you know, I'm, I'm not too smart and I don't think I'm too good with numbers. But the city boasted a $479,000 surplus mm -hmm. for the year. Well, if you had a half million dollar surplus, but you should have put aside another $2.5 million uh, into the pension fund and you didn't do that, you really had a $2 million deficit. I would think. Mm -hmm. So the mayor came on here yesterday and took a bow, as she should. And nobody can take away the great collaborative effort that the administration, the city council, and the mayor did to get the water treatment plant done. On time, under budget, tremendous job. Uh, and she crowed that she did not kick that can down the road, and she's correct. Um, she, she, her and uh, D'Agostino especially did a terrific job getting the pension plan, uh, getting the um, water treatment plant done, and it was very important for the city. It's been ongoing. But the other problem, which I think is a hell of a lot easier to correct, if it had been corrected, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, was the pension plan. But right now, we are kicking that can down the road, because we were supposed to fund $6.7 million, and we only funded four point, uh, I'm sorry, 6.2, we only funded four, uh, four point seven. All right, so when I get that uh, copy from uh, Mr. Hoyle, 
of uh, of his letter to uh, to the governor and the council. The first person I'm going to ask, two people I'm going to call, uh, would be John Ward and Jim Kanoya because they helped put the budget together too. And um, ask them why we didn't uh, properly fund the pension plan. Uh, not only the mayor, though. I mean, uh, uh, the, the council's got to take some responsibility. Maybe there'll be a, a good answer to that. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Mr. Hoyle was wrong in writing his letter. Or maybe we, uh, we should uh, change the budget and put the money in, wherever that money comes from. Mm-hmm. Let's take another call. Hello there. How are you doing today? No, not bad. You get up, you're breathing, it's a good day. Yeah, all right, fine. All right. Um, as I look at TV, yeah. especially stations in Rhode Island, you have water fires pushing shots. You have this person pushing shots. You have free this or free that if you get the shot. And I what also you- um, I want to interrupt you. Uh, talking about pushing shots, so when you get to Autumn Fest this year, there'll be a vaccination station. I don't know if you call that pushing shots. I, I would say... Um, access to shots. I mean, you can always walk by the booth and ignore it. Yeah. So go ahead. But where's the access? Have you seen a number for the people who have got rare and intense side effects from this shot? Absolutely not. I finally got through to the state. One gentleman for the state uh, answered. He connected me. I talked to a nurse. She did call me. I left a number. She called me back. And I, I told him the list. Not getting better. Could it could go last forever? But I'm not getting in any information. There's no one to go for information. Doctors, your your most GPs don't even go know what to do. So finally, I get another number and I call Washington, and they said they're going to send me a sheet so I can fill it out. I want to know what can they do for me now? What information do they have now? Have you seen any? I'm, I'm not sure. Are you, are you saying, I'm, I, I lost you, I'm so sorry. Are you saying that you've had issues or you're trying to figure Second out? Second shot, severe. Ongoing since March. So what does your doctor say? The doctor, my G, doesn't know. Oh, you know, it could go away. Well, guess what? It's still intense. Very intense. I'm glad you had the shot anyway. Well, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. Because you think I'm getting a booster? I, well, I'm even afraid to get yeah. to get a flu shot now. Every How is it going to mix <clears> it with the other? Getting a shot. Any anybody who goes into uh, getting a vaccination of some kind um, is the, the, some people are going to have zero reaction. Some are going to have a sore arm. It varies. There's always some kind of a risk in getting an injection. Always. I mean, I, I, under, I understand that. You have, to, you have to say to yourself, all right, I voluntarily took this shot. I'm having side effects. Um, but uh, I, I hope you haven't had COVID. Maybe, maybe that's the, uh, the, the plus side of it, even though, uh, even though it's kind of lingering with you. I, I wish I could have a happier answer. Well, when they're intense, when, when, when you have no appetite, when every muscle, every joint in your body aches, uh, when you can't lift anything, mm-hmm. it, it's disabling. No one, there were no warning shots that tells you that you go to those extent. Yeah. And now what do you do? Live with it for the rest of your life? So, you, so you think this vaccine has permanently disabled you in, in some respect? Well, this is six months. I'm waiting. Every day I, I, I wait for a miracle. Uh-huh. But there's no numbers to call for help. Yeah. My point is, where are the numbers in the state? Call if, so, if you're having extended so, so problems. What, what would you expect as a resolution to this? Let's say somebody calls you back and that person can resolve the issue. My name is Roger and here I am. What do you want? At least give me direction. You may have it for the rest. You're not left in the year saying, is it going to end? Is it going to continue? Well, why do Should you, I why do don't, this? Should I take that? What about your doctor? We go back to... to, to oh, I've it? gone to, the do- to a doctor. But I don't think enough information is being given out to doctors or anybody else within the state. I'm I, not a I doctor. Would, you had a severe reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I would start with you have a pen. There's a website um, that, that they've used for years that um, will ha- or describes the, um, the side effects and what have you if you had a reaction. So there's a report, an adverse um, event. 
You go to you go to Vaz. So it's V A E R S. V A E R S. Yep. Dot H H S. Dot gov. And there's a place where you report an adverse event using the Vaz online. So there's a form there that you can go, and that 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 would be my starting point. It says, have you had a reaction following a vaccination? It says contact. Well, they- Go ahead. The state should be giving that out on their little blurbs. Well, that's the that's the value of thirteen eighty WNRI AM and FM. <laughs> so we, we we will fill in where the state doesn't fill in. So with these continuing progressives, we're going to have less and less to do because they're going to do everything. Don't speed. Don't get a shot. Don't do this. Don't do that. But we're going to be as. Um, valuable and uh, as important as we possibly can and relevant as we possibly can for as long as we can. Well, I thank you for that information. You bet. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for your call. And um, maybe you can uh, jot that down for me. I'm going to send it to you right now. So you're going to send me two emails. I already did. I already sent the other email. I want to talk about um, um, what's that... um, thing uh that disease or that illness um i had it on my mind while she was talking um but it goes right down to your toes and um and you get and you get to get a shot uh, for it shingles all right yeah so you're eventually you're going to end up at your uh primary care physician and he or she is going to say to you chris you're at an age you got to get the shingles shot and um I do not like shots, incidentally. I don't like needles in, in my arm. I, mean, I, I love needles. Yeah, I, I, do, I do not. <laughs> anyway, uh, I said, uh, so the doctor said to me, Roger, you've got to get the shingles shot and then the shingles booster. And I said, well, I don't like shots. You know that. He said, well, get them anyway. <laughs> and I said, well, he said, the consequences of getting the shingles. He said, I see people in my office every day who have shingles and, and um, they're, they're in this miserable and he said, you ought to know, Roger, because you've had kidney stones. And I said, you mean they're in that category of kidney stones? He said, yes. He said, maybe even worse. So I went and got the shingles shot. And incidentally, that shingles booster, that's got a lot of, a lot of uh, chemicals in it. Yeah. I've, my arm was hurting for a couple of days. But clearly, when I've spoken to people who have had shingles, uh, they say, if there's a shot out there and it takes 10 shots to stop the pain that I went through, get it. So this whole thing of vaccinations is really, um, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing. It depends on how you, you feel about science, how you feel about, uh, uh, about the, com- the drug companies that develop it, research and development, how you feel about a whole bunch of things. Very complicated, and there's, no, there's n- nothing that I can say that can make somebody change their mind. And there's nothing that they can say that can make me change my mind. Well, there's very, very little that you don't know about me. But I'm going to tell you something that you don't know about me. What's that? And you may already know. I, when I was 21 years old, I got the shingles. Uh-huh. Did you get a severe case? Um, I had a... Mm-hmm. I know it hurt like hell. I had a mm-hmm. little rash along my waist. Mm-hmm. And then there's the old wives' tale. If the rash is touched, you die, uh-huh. which is really not true. But uh-huh. I, was, I was uncomfortable for uh, yeah. a couple of weeks. Well, I'll tell you a secret then. Too because nobody's listening. No, it's just between the two. Exactly. Of them, right? All right, so uh, you know, have a beer here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I had shingles too, but I got uh, so I mean there was like a little you know blemish on my face or something, and and the doctor said, oh oh that's shingles. I said, well why aren't I in misery or something? Because you have a extremely mild case. Uh, so, um, so there, you know, now I don't know if it's because I took the, um, whether I took the, uh, the shot or not or, or something, but anyway, there's my, uh, so we both have had shingles. Um, let's check with Jeff. Well, well, hey, Jeff, have you, <laughs> have you had shingles? <laughs> be, be, before I continue, um, we get our information from various places and I just gave our caller that website. Yeah. We just received an email from a regular listener who um, highlights the COVID side effects. And I want to give this, I don't know this person's name, but I got this website from this individual. So she knows, uh, she called, and and I just wanted to acknowledge that that's where I got the website weeks ago from her. So thank you. Thank you. Let's grab another call on the Upfront program. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, good morning. I got a comment on what you're talking about. Um, You know, as far as the previous caller, um, 
I would highly recommend uh, her, you know, reaching out to a naturopathic physician. And, um, you know, I, if, if people don't know what naturopathic uh, means, um, it's very different from medical doctors. They, um, you know, it, it was described in a movie called Food, Food Matters. And, and it's, um, it's, it's a, he, one of the doctors in that movie, uh, you know, kind of differentiates the two by saying, uh, you go to a medical doctor who went to medical school and practices medicine, or you can go to a naturopathic doctor who, uh, or, or a nutritional doctor, one or the other. And you know they go to they go to nutritional school or naturopathic school, and they and they practice uh, you know improving people's nutrition because good good nutrition makes a lot of sense and it it boosts your natural immunity and it just allows your body to do its natural thing and like get to like a home homeostasis you know what I mean and you know the 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 mainstream medical. Uh, you know, complex, if you, if you, uh, if you'll call it that, um, it does, you know, it thrives on treating symptoms and it doesn't address root causes. And that's what naturopathy does. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I know like years ago, chiropractors were skewed from the, um, the medical professions being quack. So it really depends. I know, uh, you know, Tom Brady's coach describes that, you know, you go to the, nobody should ever get a hamstring injury because if you're doing the right thing. So some people believe in what you're saying. Some people don't. I know, I know, I, believe in it. Yeah. I know a lot of people push it away, but, um, the people who do it, I swear by it and say, wow, I feel terrific. And I never thought of that, but yes, um, uh, when you go to a C, I know CVS wants to be CVS Health, but generally speaking, you're going to get drugs that are treating the symptoms, not really the causes. And you have to listen to your naturopathic uh, physician's advice. I mean, one thing is to go to one, but if you don't follow what they say, which is a, a harder regimen to follow than, let's say, uh, general medicine, you know, it's a harder regimen to follow, but if you, you follow it, it's going to pay uh, some dividends for you. Yes, because it's a lifestyle change. Yes, you know, it it's is. not like you just you right. can't just take a pill and you know eat one certain food and it and it cures everything. You right. Know? Well, like for instance, in high blood pressure, the the approach is instead of taking a pill, I mean, it's a lifestyle change, and guess what? Your blood pressure goes down. Well, yeah. well I don't care about anything anymore. Then the blood pressure goes down. <laughs> All right, we get the picture, sir. But th thanks for taking the time. We always uh, like hearing your voice. You always bring a lot to the show. Thank you. This is the upfront program on WNRI. Step back in time at Pass Down in Time Antiques and Collectibles, Woonsocket's newest antiques store. From vintage to mid-century, from rustic to Victorian, you're sure to find items that will bring back wonderful memories, like wood crates, tens, viewmasters, books, and small furniture. Pass Down in Time, located across from City Hall on Main Street, Woonsocket. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pass Down in Time, where antiques of yesteryear reveal their stories today. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cast Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Nice thing about having you here on the program, Chris, a uh, uh, couple of times a week or once a week, depending on our schedule, is when it comes to uh, the financial markets, I mean, I'm really, like, don't know anything about it. But I, I do hear when I turn on the radio in the morning, oh, well, the market opened up a little bit lower. How are we doing generally in our economy as it relates to investors and the people that you, uh, um, you deal with? 
short term and long term uh, slightly different. The last, really since uh, after Labor Day, the market's going down slightly, but it hasn't been a big pullback at all in the sense the market's still within a couple of percent of its all-time highs. So Donald Trump took uh, a lot of credit, deservingly so, of a, of a Dow Jones Industrial Average. It went from like 18,000 to 29,000. Joe Biden said he wasn't going to take credit for it, but he's taking credit for it. The market's been very, very good. And the underpinnings of the U.S. economy are, are tremendous. And you, you think about all of the impediments that the Democrats are putting in, paying people to stay home, lockdowns, supply chain interruptions, higher oil prices, lower productivity, higher inflation. The market seems to say, yeah, it yawns and continues to do well. We don't know how it's going to continue, but so far, year to date, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500 have done very, very well. And the underpinnings of the market are really doing well. And I think there's some hope that the Democrats are going to realize that the lowering of the corporate tax rate was so, so important. I've said that many times. I'm not the only one. Going from 35% to second highest in the industrialized world down to 21% was phenomenal. And even the Democrats are talking like maybe 25 or 26%, which is not going to be fatal. But people like to say those evil corporations, they're bad, they're bad actors. What do they do? They take the lower taxes and they put more into R&D, they hire more people, they give more dividends and buybacks, they move the economy forward. So generally speaking, we've had a slight pullback of a couple of percent since the beginning of September. Overall, it's been phenomenal. And my job really has been just positioning people for the inevitable pullback. And that's what I've been doing for, for all year. It's just talking to people and positioning their portfolios for the potential pullback. We can spend uh, a minute with you. That's all the time we have left. But would you at least like to introduce your topic? Oh, uh, yeah. You were talking about uh, different uh, illnesses. And let me tell you something. If you have uh, uh, the possibility of getting singles and someone in the immediate family has, and there are things out there to kind of thwart that, let me tell you something. Uh, get the shingle shot because it's it's really terrible. I see it all the time with elderly people, yeah. and it, it's it, it's really very painful. It's a nasty, nasty affliction. Oh, it is, yeah. it is, it, it is. And um, if you can do anything that's going to thwart that type of uh, pain, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're elderly, guess what? It makes a big difference in your life because you're not able to do a lot of things. So get it and and you know make a difference in your life. Good way Bye. to end the program. Bye bye. Thanks for the call. All right. Hey, thanks for the visit uh, today, uh, Mr. Boulay. Will I see you Tuesday? Yes, you will indeed. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.